Walk in Your Excellence. I'm your host, Sean Larry, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Walk in Your Excellence. So I don't get to watch a ton of movies. You guys know my life is crazy, uh, but I do love movies. Anything from action to thrillers. Um, I don't really do scary movies. Don't laugh at me. I actually can't even <laughs> I can't even watch a scary commercial. Uh, it's super weird. I got to turn the channel, especially if it's in, in the dark. Um, but ever since I, I was a kid, I can't. I just can't do it. But I do love me some comedy. I love comedy. Speaking of this, I actually wasn't even going to use this in my intro, but I was walking yesterday and someone was like, "Oh my God, you look like Denzel Washington." And I was and I was just looked at her. I looked at her like. Girl, I don't look like nobody's Denzel Washington. Um, but one, I get Reggie Bush, I get Mario Chalmers, I get, um, I get, um, oh, what's his name, Ray J. The one I get the most, and I just don't like it, is Kevin Hart. And it's funny mm. because today's guest is a comedian. I'm talking a lot about my the movies I love, comedy. People say I look like Kevin Hart, and I just don't see it. My cousin actually even posted an Instagram post of my face with no shirt and Kevin Hart with no shirt. She <laughs> she claims I talk like him, I act like him. Um, I don't believe it, but I'm interested in what you guys think, all my guests. Uh, but today's guest is is Chris. He is an inspiration to all of us who um, who is working tirelessly to pursue his dreams. Uh, so many of us struggle with that balance, right? Like, do I work in a career um, that is semi-fulfilling and is super time-consuming, or do I take a leap of faith and just jump out there and pursue my talent and pursue my passion? Chris is an entrepreneur born and raised in the Bronx. Shout out to the BX. He is currently the mm -hmm. owner and manager um, of Too Funny Entertainment, youth and teen director at the YMCA, and a top-flight Uber driver. So get those ratings Thanks. up. Um, his company won the 2016 Northeast Agency of the Year under his management, and he's a proud black man in America making things happen. Chris embodies everything that Walk in Your Excellence represents, and I'm delighted to have him on the show to talk about his journey. Chris. Sean, what's going on, Yo, man? Thanks for coming, man. Thank I, you for having me. I course, appreciate this. This is going to be great. This is going to be real fun. I, I know I just introduced you a little bit to the world, but I want you to take a moment to introduce yourself. Tell us who Chris is. Uh, a, a young man, man, from yeah. the Bronx, born and raised, uh, just trying to figure out my way in this world, man. I'm a multi-talented person, really trying to figure out uh, my way to success and yeah. kind of building it the way I want to build it. Yeah. Um, funny, charming individual, just like, living life and trying to really figure out what this life and what this world has to offer me yeah awesome awesome so mm -hmm. tell me take us to the beginning right take us to your mm -hmm. childhood talk to me talk to me a little bit about your upbringing how it's helped you shape your thoughts and mm -hmm. question the world all that stuff all right i mean i was fortunate but unfortunate at the same time i had mm -hmm. an older brother and two younger siblings okay. um and my brother was part of the bloods right mm -hmm. so and we lived next door to the og of the hood who was like the top blood in the neighborhood so mm -hmm. even though my hood was dangerous i never was really bothered or i never felt it because i was always protected because mm -hmm. of my brother's affiliation with everything that was going on around that time mm -hmm. so because of that i was able to focus a little more than other people who may have to wash their backs or got mm -hmm. caught up in that that kind of mix um so through that i just kind of went to school and i know i used to waste my summers and one day my mom was just like you know i want you out the house that's the real reason she, <laughs> she signed me up for this program called bronx helpers but okay. i think it's really she just wanted me out the house for the summer <laughs> um but it was a community service uh oriented uh program mm -hmm. and we just went around the bronx doing different things whether it's cleaning up claremont park mm -hmm. or volunteering at a soup kitchen and we were just doing very impactful things mm -hmm. and through that i kind of fell in love with just volunteering community service and mm -hmm. building networks that way and I think that was the path that kind of led me into the positive mm -hmm. uh, life because through there I found out about like a college program that took us to different colleges no mm -hmm. one in my family ever went to college right so mm -hmm. being a first generation student being able to be exposed to that kind of different stuff was amazing yeah yeah, yeah. through that that was where
where I kind of got my experience and my mentors mm -hmm. and the people I looked up to in my life. Yeah, so you just mentioned that you were a first-generation college student. Mm -hmm. I, too, was a first-generation college student. I'm always interested in people's journey through education and how they actually, you know, it's one thing to go to college, right? right. It's very yeah. difficult for a black man in America to actually finish and to mm -hmm. make it through college. Talk to me about, like, your college journey as a, a first-generation student. Okay, yeah, I went up to Ithaca, which mm -hmm. was predominantly white. Mm -hmm. uh, probably still is that way, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot more people of color, mm -hmm. um, just as the world is going. Mm -hmm. And I knew just from my experience as my ch in my childhood that I wanted to go first to a school that had a city or some type of social life, because mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to get involved. And you went to Ithaca? Ithaca, New York, yeah. <laughs> Ithaca but, is but not... I went, Ithaca I, had a downtown. Some places uh, didn't have a downtown. That's true. That's so, true. I'll give Ithaca that. Ithaca does, <laughs> I mean, I went to Cornell, and, he, and Chris knows this. We're college mm -hmm. buddies, so I don't... I, I think Ithaca is not the city, but whatever. It's not a city, but <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to go away, right? Just growing yeah. up in the Bronx, I wanted to go away, but mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere. I wanted to go somewhere that had somewhere that I can actually sit down yeah, yeah, and yeah. go and get involved in different places. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what I did. So even though I had life on campus, I kind of went off campus, got involved with the YMCA, uh, the elementary school in town, mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. things of that nature. But um, actually on campus and navigating through uh school I think what really helped me was getting involved as a student mm. so not just hitting the books and then going to the room but mm -hmm, going to mm -hmm. student organizations going to meetings and that kind of helped branch out and then as a comedian I first started doing stand-up I'm sure we get to that later mm -hmm. on um, that kind of helped open the realms and who the people I had conversations with throughout the day you yeah. know what I'm saying whereas if I didn't do stand-up or I wasn't involved my circle would have been really small yeah. and I think my experience would have been totally different yeah would you describe your college experience as challenging no no it was not challenging. Yeah. I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but it was it was eye opening. Okay. Um, just growing up, I went to South Bronx High School. Mm -hmm. uh, so going oh. up there and um, seeing how far everyone else was. I mean, I'm a smart individual, so I could figure stuff out pretty yeah. fast. Yeah. But everyone was far in advance. Mm -hmm. And when I had to declare a major, I chose media production. So mm -hmm. we dealing with film mm -hmm. and media and all that different stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and all these people had. Uh, experience with cameras and shooting movies. They like on their fourth, fifth movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I ain't never shoot no movie ever. So, right. you know, I'm going to the Bronx and shooting and the, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they were just a lot more uh, advanced than I was in certain things, but mm -hmm. I don't think it was challenging. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So, yeah. Chris, you are a naturally funny dude. We we all know this. Um, I like to think that I'm a funny person. I don't <laughs> know, but I've had the pleasure of knowing you for some time and seeing how you naturally have this ability to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. um, have you always been this way or like when was the first First time you noticed that you had like this comedic personality uh maybe middle school okay uh i just knew i can make people laugh like i knew what made something funny mm -hmm. um and i noticed that really early on so i would say certain things i, I know people would laugh at it and then i started getting wrote a class clown and things like that but i never thought of like stand up or mm -hmm. anything like that until i actually got to college and i saw yeah. a poster and it was like stand up competition right and i was like oh, i should so I started texting everybody. I was like, yeah, I think I should do this. They were like, yeah, you're going you gonna to do it. You don't have a choice. You're going to do it. Right. And we're all going to show up. And they all showed up. And I came in second place. And I was like, nice. all right, we on to something. And nice. I just continued building it that way. Awesome. Yeah. Did you, I heard you say class clown. And the principal in me is like, <laughs> I just want to like throw you across the room right now in the studio. <laughs> what, that, how do you think, think, think that impacted your, I guess, middle and high school I don't experience? know. Because you said that. I want to clear the, <laughs> clear the room. Uh, so... 
Just because you're a class clown doesn't mean you're a bad student. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, this is true. <laughs> this, is, this is out there because the students wrote, so it's a different. Because I was a good student. I, I got like B's and A's and stuff like right. that. You wasn't getting kicked out of class. I'm excited not B's and A's. B and two A's. But uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't getting kicked out of class. My mom didn't get called. There wasn't nothing like oh, okay. that. It was just funny comments. Yeah. Nothing like disrespectful or anything yeah, yeah. like that. But awesome. um, yeah, I mean, being a class clown is, is Cool. I, it's not something I aspired to be, but right. it was just they <laughs> was like, happened? yeah, that's because they yeah. was like, you're not gonna be successful, but class clown, you can get that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, uh, someone who in the world of comedy inspires you and why? Inspires, uh, man, that's a tough one because in terms of inspire, and I'm a, I'm a put this out there as well. Like being a comedian is probably ninety percent hustle and 10% being funny. Mm. It's really about getting out there, traveling to Philly for a 10-minute show mm. that you may only get $20 for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or that's knowing real. someone and talking to people just to get stage time. It may be three, four minutes, but that's the process in it. So yeah. it doesn't even matter if you're funny. You got to put in the time. You could be the funniest person in the world, right. but if you're not putting in the time and the effort, it don't matter. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I'm going to say, uh, it's actually one of the clients I represent. His name is D-Lay. Mm-hmm. Um, you can catch him. He was on like Kevin Hart's LOL mm-hmm. network mm-hmm. and HBO or Dev Digital and all that stuff. And that man, he hustles. He reminds me, you know who Tommy Davidson is? Yeah, yeah. His energy is that high. Mm. So he's on stage, he's laughing, but he's always grinding. So he mm-hmm. has so many accolades, but he continues to grind. He continues to work. He has like a podcast now. So mm-hmm. I just always see him in a different city, always working and never really stopping again, content on where he is. Yeah. So that's someone, every time I talk to him, I'm always inspired seeing yeah. what he does. Yeah. That's interesting you said it's 90% hustle and 10%. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think are like the biggest challenges? Why is it 90% hustle? Because everyone wants to do it. Everyone thinks they're funny. So someone like me, right? If right. I was a class clown, then I saw someone doing stand-up. I was like, oh, I could do that. People had said I was funny. Mm-hmm. And they get up there, and then now it's this cluster of comedians. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily how it works. Mm-hmm. And just because you want to do something, that's like in many things. Like, everyone wants to be a doctor, but you got to hustle to be a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with comedy. You got to hustle to be a comedy. But everyone also has different goals. Mm-hmm. So are you being a comedian because you want to be in movies and TV? Are you being a comedian because you want to be a role warrior for the rest of your life? Like, what is your goal to being a comedian? Some mm-hmm. people are content in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on where you want to go, your hustle has to uh, change vastly. So Yeah, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about, like, your your platform, right? So you did mm-hmm. used to do uh, stand-up, and I, I want to yeah. put us in the, the, the years that you did stand-up. Okay. Where did you get the inspiration? Where did you get the passion? How did you form your, you know, I, like I'm an artist too. Like I think this podcast is like a, a form of artistry, right? And I have Absolutely. to figure out how to how to angle, what to ask, etc. Uh, and sometimes I get writer's block, right? Like I don't yeah. know what to mm-hmm. ask. Like I'm I'm wondering, like how did you, how did you channel? Um, your energy when you were a stand-up comedian? Okay, yeah, I started in '09. Okay. After seeing the flyer, and um, the first stand-up competition was definitely in '09. Mm-hmm. I did it from about '09 to probably 2014, 15, mm-hmm. uh, and I got a lot of my energy from personal experience. Okay, one thing I never did in my stand-up, I never did topical humor. Mm. So, like, if you go to a comedy show right now and there's four comedians, I can guarantee you three of those four comedians are going to talk about Trump mm-hmm. or something going mm-hmm. on right now. Mm-hmm. Those are topics everyone can talk about. So, even though the perspective may be funny, it's not something you're really going to remember once you leave that club. Mm-hmm. My experience came from my mother being cheap, you know, being a first-generation college student, mm-hmm. things that people can't mimic. It can only come from me. Mm-hmm. And if it came from somebody else, it would be a whole different tone and everything because their experience is not my experience yeah uh so that's where i got a lot of my 
comedy and my writing from but just like you i get writer's block and mm-hmm. sometimes i'm like i don't know what to talk about i'm getting tired of telling these same jokes because mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. deliver them the same way because you get tired of them you don't think they're funny anymore but people may just heard it for the first time so mm-hmm. um i can only imagine like artists like rappers performing the same song over i know cardi b is probably tired right. of bolak yellow <laughs> um, but just performing the same thing over and over so i think and at that point that's when i kind of figured out that i wanted to pivot because at the same time um i started doing colleges and colleges pay a lot of money a lot mm-hmm. of comedians don't know that mm-hmm. so you may do a club you may get twenty dollars a show or if you at a certain spot fifty dollars a show or if you're a big name and you go like the funny bone mm-hmm. you get a percentage of the ticket sales but colleges you could be a no name and get fifteen hundred dollars yeah yeah. That's not a bad gig, right? right? So I started doing colleges. And then as I was doing the colleges, I was like, it's so many other talented people that I know, mm-hmm. like D-Lay, mm-hmm. um, that could benefit from the college market, but they may not have the resources or know how to, to navigate in that mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started the company. Uh, and I started representing mostly comedians. Mm-hmm. But as I was representing them, it was weird because I was also still doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. So if I'm representing you, Sean, and um, I'm out on tour and I'm getting money, but you on the couch and I represent you, you're like, right. why is my agent? out here i'm supposed to be getting the shows right so i kind of felt a little weird about that and Mm. made me take a step back and reevaluate what i wanted to do in life and where Mm. i wanted to go in the entertainment space interesting yeah Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to talk about that and talk a little bit about your your company in a couple minutes i'm wondering um take me back to a challenging experience right whether that's Mm -hmm. in the world of comedian whether that's like a childhood experience and a, a college experience what what is describe to me one of your biggest obstacles and how you overcame it uh, I think when I moved out to Los Angeles was a big obstacle mm-hmm. for me. Um, I had graduated college, uh, kind of, sort of, um, <laughs> and moved out to Los Angeles, and I was there for about a year, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to focus 100% on entertainment, mm-hmm. um, and it was really, strugg- I struggled. I knew people in the industry, so I was able to get a leg up on some people, um, but being in that space and trying to do it 100% was very difficult for me and mm-hmm. I couldn't really fathom with that and being in a new space mm-hmm. and being away from my family, my mm-hmm. friends, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. all that stuff was really impacting me in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fell into a slight depression and kind of mm-hmm. felt isolated and kind of isolated myself from other people just because that's how I felt. Um, and it took me coming back to New York and kind of readjusting and moving to Jersey City and just kind of starting over Mm -hmm. because I felt like where I was at was just too messy and I didn't really want to clean it up I'd rather leave it where it is and just start over Mm -hmm. and that's what I did yeah awesome and so then you became an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your your company it's too funny entertainment Mm -hmm. you guys listeners you can't see this but he has on his shirt and it's awesome and I want one Um, (laughs) but tell us a little bit about too funny uh, entertainment okay so too funny entertainment is a boutique talent agency uh, we started off as a college talent agency, so we would only represent uh, clients in uh, the college market. So mm-hmm. if you want the Cornell or Ithaca mm-hmm. or anywhere you want, there are certain organizations on campus that bring acts to the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. We're an agency that provides those entertainers for those uh those groups and I got that idea from just doing the college shows Mm -hmm. um, and noticing that there was a market out there before I didn't really know anything about the market until I was introduced to it so um, I started it just for colleges but as I started meeting all these other great people and all the different avenues that we can kind of provide entertainers for Mm -hmm. we branched out to restaurants and bars and comedy clubs smaller comedy clubs and things of that nature so uh, festivals and things of that nature and we started off with just comedians but again just meeting so many dope people now we have 
four musicians, three from Kansas City, one from Jersey City, mm-hmm. um, a magician, we call him the uh, agent David Blaine, he, boy's good, yeah. boy's good, um, nice. and the rest are comedians, and we have a spoken word artist who like is the four-time world champion, nice. some crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, his name is Ed Mabry, real awesome. dope artist. So. Awesome. I got to get some of these guys on the podcast, man. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. when they come to New York, I got you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Talk to me about like, now that's hard, right? You have this management company, you have this talent company, mm-hmm. um, balance with your full-time day job. Right. How do you find that balance, man? Sacrifice, a yeah. lot of sacrifice. So it's a lot of, I'm not going out this weekend, or mm-hmm. I'm not doing that, because you have to be able to sacrifice those things. Because there's only so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. So um, this guy, e- you ever heard of Eric Thomas before? E.T., the hip-hop e- preacher? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so yeah. He, he mentioned thing. he mentioned like, Every like everyone has a yard, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people mm-hmm. just be cutting all over the place because they don't know what they want to do. Some people are very deliberate in what they do. They cut this hair, they cut that there. This fence goes here, this goes there, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how you gotta treat your day. Mm-hmm. Twenty four hours, you gotta know what you're doing each hour if you plan yeah. to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I do is plan out my day. And now I'm in a space where it's kind of routine now. So I wake up six o'clock in the morning. I'm the best Uber driver in the world. So I drive from six, nine thirty, take everybody to work, to school. Mm-hmm. Then I go to my day job. Uh, I'm a youth and teen director at the Y. So doing mm-hmm. teen programming, uh, college readiness, all that mm-hmm. great stuff, mm-hmm. doing college tours, all that good stuff. So uh, I do that for eight hours. And then once I'm done, I'm either going to a client show, mm-hmm. I'm doing emails to funny stuff or, um, I'm back on on driving Uber, so yeah. it really depends on uh, what my schedule looks like. But it's really just about planning out each day. And yeah. luckily for me, Too Funny is kind of mobile, so I can mm-hmm. do everything mobile with email and uh, virtual assistants and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Kind of help delegate some of the task out yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I want to hear a little bit about your your job at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. I, my my school building, um, ironically, used to be the Boys and Girls Club of Newark for many years, mm-hmm. and so we renovated it. We renovated it, um, and now it's a school and so I think I, th- I have so much respect for Boys and Girls Club for YMCA for like just providing spaces for decades and decades in, in cities across America um, providing that space for, for kids to be kids Absolutely. providing communities with extra resources and networks and supports and it's it's I don't know the word but like it just it's so fulfilling that my my school now is no longer the Boys and Girls Club, but still serves that that dual purpose mm. within a community. Right. Um, talk to me about your work at, at uh, as a director. Okay. I mean, I just started there in September. So okay. I've been with the Y for at least maybe 13 years, which is crazy because I'm only 26. Yeah. Right? So yeah. um, I started off working with young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a director in New York City doing elementary school, mm-hmm. government funded. Uh, but I felt like I had more to offer to older kids mm-hmm. just because the dialogue was different. Yeah. Uh, so I applied to work in Summit, which is a very different kind of town Mm because you're either rich Mm -hmm. or you're poor. So when I got there and I realized that I really wanted to build up a space where we can provide, like you mentioned, those resources and opportunities for those people that kind of felt left out in that that neighborhood Mm -hmm. uh, because there's many organizations that kind of shut those people out because mm-hmm. it either is a fee involved or anything like that. All my programs are free, mm. you know, so everyone could come, feel free to come in and take advantage of everything we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the job overall is, is I mean, it, like you said, it's fulfilling. Um, it's a great community, and I feel like we're making the impact. 
even if it's just a regular conversation you know sometimes i just leave the office i go downstairs to the teen center and i play like three games of Fortnite, just yeah. building that bond with the oh, kids you so know what i'm saying so awesome. just simple stuff like that um that people remember because i know when i was in bronx helpers and all these other programs mm -hmm. i realized what that meant for me so yeah. i used to remember going to the after school program can't wait to see my counselor or my yeah. director because i wanted to tell them about something new mm -hmm. or anything like that mm -hmm. and i knew they were invested in what i had to say and that meant something to me. Yeah. So I'm hoping that means something to somebody else and they feel comfortable enough to, you know, share certain things with me. Yeah. And I have an amazing team, by the way, so that helps as well. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, man, that's so inspiring. I, I, I love kids, you know, that's why I do the work. Dealing with the adults, it's, it's a different a story. Part, right? It's a <laughs> different story, that's but I'll save that part. for another podcast episode. <laughs> right. um, but... Uh, this is so when I first started in in Jersey, I just been working in Jersey maybe about 17 months now. And um, mm -hmm. I it was a lot because I didn't have, I, I sold my car a couple years ago. Like mm -hmm. I'm in New York. I was like, I don't need my car. I'm, I'm three stops away from my job. Um, and then I went to Jersey and um, I was commuting via public transportation mm -hmm. from from July. I would say an entire 12 months. Worst experience of life because I also went back to school and mm -hmm. got another master's degree. And Congratulations. I was, I, thank you. I was going from from work from from how, from New York City, uh, public transportation, transportation. So two trains and a bus to my school. Mm. Um, from my school, uh, Uber to um, North Penn Station. From North Penn Station, get a uh, train to um, NYU, mm -hmm. and then from NYU back home for an entire year. So I say that because I spent in 2016, 17. Um, $7,300 on Ubers. Wow. Yeah. $7,300. I was taking an Uber almost every day mm -hmm. because I was just rushing. I was like, I got to get to class. Mm -hmm. like, I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm like, everyone knows me to be an intellectual. Like I had to get the 4.0. I had to complete <laughs> the master's. Mm -hmm. That should have been done in two years and 14 months. Um, you are an Uber driver. And sometimes mm -hmm. I have amazing, more, more times than often, I have amazing experiences with Uber, mm -hmm. Uber drivers. Having conversation. I get to learn about them. They get to learn about me. Sometimes I don't have the best conversations right. in that they're, they're having a monologue and I'm like, <laughs> shut up, I'm really tired and I don't right. want to hear you. Mm -hmm. What are some, uh, tell me about your, your journey driving Ubers. I know mm -hmm. you have to, I think about myself as a, as a client of Uber. Mm -hmm. You have to find like some funny, crazy, sad, like t talk to me about some of the most <laughs> memorable stories you have from Uber. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, I'm going to commend you. That, I mean, that journey, uh, <laughs> doing all that stuff, that, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So similar to how you did that is the same way I have to, I'm trying to live my life mm -hmm. and kind of structure everything like that because um, it, it's crazy. I used to travel four hours yeah. to work, to See? and from work for a whole two years, uh, and I had to stop. I can't do uh, it. <laughs> but Uber is, is very interesting. Um, I think people that do it as a full-time job mm -hmm. has a different experience than I, because uh, I only do it part-time. Right, so right. I can't imagine what they go through. I can't even imagine doing that, driving that long. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as a driver, and I was a, I'm a rider too, so mm -hmm. I use Uber a lot. But uh, first thing I do when I greet the customer when they get in the car, right? Mm -hmm. So good morning, good evening, whatever the case may be. From there, I can tell if they want a conversation or not. Right. You know? Oh, so I don't, whoop, I don't force conversations yeah. if I don't want a conversation. If they don't want a conversation. So I'm like, good morning. Like, mm, good morning. Whatever. Right. You know? <laughs> then I know, all right, we're not going nowhere. But some people get, hey, good morning. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Right, and the right. conversation goes. Mm. Like, uh, last night. No, not last night. I got drunk last night. Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> Friday night, I took a young lady from Hoboken out to... 
30 minutes to watch Jersey, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And we had a good conversation about Netflix shows and, like, the murder mysteries and, like, Snapped and nice. all that stuff. And before we, I got, she got out the car, I was like, oh, that was great. She was like, it was a pleasure meeting you. I'm going to go check out these shows. And I had forgot that, like, I don't know her. Right. <laughs> so oh, I was like, I was, you know, I was about to be like, uh, talk to you later. Like, <laughs> I don't know her. But those kind of, some conversations happen like that. Sometimes people just don't want to be bothered and you can yeah. tell they got the headphones in and something mm-hmm. like that so more than not though i don't have conversations mm. more than not, i don't uh crazy stories uh, i think <laughs> so sometimes just like you right you get right. an uber and sometimes you're in a rush so yeah sometimes the person most, is late most times yeah <laughs> but some, so most times the, the person is late and they yeah. want to put that lateness on you. This is it's like, true. you know, can, can you get me there faster? I'm like, it's only what the traffic does, right? So Google is 99.9% always right. Yeah. I don't use the Uber navigation. I use Google Maps. Right. So That's true. there was uh, a young lady. She was going somewhere in Newark, but mm-hmm. it was on like Route 1 and 9, which is a lot of factories, trucks, yeah. all that stuff. So Uber told me, usually, and I know this, so sometimes you got to use common sense. Right. So I was on uh, Route 440, and it, it breaks up. You could go 1-9 to the left or 1-9 straight. Yep. So Uber told me the fastest way is straight. There's a lot of traffic. She mentioned she was trying to get to work. Uber said, go straight. Normally, I will go left. Right. So I went straight. And she said, uh, you're supposed to go that way. I'm like, well, Google said go this way. So she's like, oh, okay. So, and it was faster. Right. So I'm driving and the destination is coming up. I'm on top of a bridge. I'm like, all right. So right. come to find out her destination was under the bridge. So I had to go back around probably an extra like 15 minutes. Oh she in the God. whole time, she's like, I'm going to be late to work. I'm going to be late to work. I'm going to be late to work. Like the whole time. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's not going to make it better. Like, I'm sorry, but this is what it is. I said, Google is wrong. I said, you could, you could break me one star. I deserve that. Oh my gosh. But she, she that, made it, but she was, she was heated. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can, I can relate. <laughs> I get into the Uber sometimes. And I'm just like, bro, I know I'm late. Like, we just got to make this happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want uh, want to close this out right now, Chris. I want you to tell us how you walk in your excellence every day. I walk in my excellence every day by spreading love, spreading my story, staying humble, mm-hmm. and continue to do good work. I think as long as you continue to do good work and you spread your positivity and your story, I think it just trickles down. So yeah. that's what I try to do every day. Absolutely, absolutely. And where can we find you? Uh, you can find me, uh, Too Funny Entertainment, at Instagram, Facebook, uh, TooFunnyEntertainment.com. We have the Finger Lakes Comedy Festival. I'll give you a pair of tickets for the yeah. podcast. I'm going to come up. as in Ithaca. It's a three-day festival. Awesome. It's amazing. A hundred comedians, a bunch of shows. So nice. um, it should be good. That so. sounds fun. That mm-hmm. sounds fun. Um, and I want to actually one more question. What is one thing that you hope for? One thing I hope for? Yeah. Um, I hope for that. You know, one day I don't have to see my family struggle anymore. Mm. I think that's one hope. Yeah. Awesome. One thing I hope for. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Yeah. You guys heard it here first. Chris, the entrepreneur, the role model, the comedian. Thank you, folks, for listening into this week's episode. I hope you are as inspired as I am. Define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence. 
Walk in Your Excellence is recorded at Necessary Studios in New York City. Produced by myself, Maya, and Nikki. Follow us on Instagram at NEC Studios. I'm your host, Sean Larry. You can find me on Instagram at Formula22, at Walk in Your Excellence. Tag the hashtag Walk in Your Excellence and visit my website, www.seanlarry.com. That's S-E-A-N-L-A-R-R-Y. Define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence.